KFI Handle here on a Monday, April 30th. Uh, probably the biggest story that we're uh, covering today is uh, the caravan has arrived at the U.S.-Mexico border. A couple of hundred of people uh, all asking and will a- or will ask to seek asylum. Steve Gregory is covering the story for us. Uh, here is uh, here's some of the information and a report that he has. They were denied entry into the U.S. because customs officials said they were maxed out and couldn't process any new applications. It began yesterday morning at Friendship Park. I was there when the refugees were greeted by a group of supporters who walked to the border from Los Angeles. The two groups were separated by the border fence, which goes out to the ocean. This man told me through an interpreter that he brought his family here because he didn't want to raise his kids in his violent home country. What would be the toughest part of the journey? The train ride was the toughest. Getting my family on board of the train was the toughest part. There's four of us, my wife and my two children. Where are you from and what is it you did for a living? I'm from El Salvador. I used to work for Pizza Hut. I was the delivery man. Is he hopeful that he's going to be able to get an asylum status or is he afraid that it may not happen? And what if it doesn't happen? This is God's job. Um, he's going to touch Trump's heart, so God, God moves mountains. After the rally, the group returned to the shelter where they'd been sleeping for the last few days. After some lunch, they walked about a mile to the Chaparral pedestrian gate to surrender to U.S. officials. But what they didn't expect was U.S. customs agents weren't ready for them. This Mexican government official is explaining to the media that just a couple hours before the group's arrival at the pedestrian gate, federal authorities told Mexican immigration officials they were not going to accept any new asylum applicants. Applicants. This caused some confusion and stress amongst the group. At one point, organizers and activists held hands and formed a circle. In the middle, the refugees, most of whom were sobbing. This 15-year-old girl told me the one-month journey has been especially hard on her, her brother and father because somewhere during the train ride from Honduras, they were separated from her mother. Think she's going to get in? She believes in God and she thinks that he is the only one that has an answer and she thinks she's going to go through. The group started out about a thousand strong, but over the four weeks the group got smaller because, like this girl's story, some people were split from their family, some turned back, some chose to stay in Mexico, and after hearing the reality of the asylum process in the U.S., some changed their mind. U.S. Customs and Border officials said over the weekend a pregnant woman and four-year-old girl were among a group of refugees who chose to climb a border fence or crawl through a culvert to enter the country illegally. For now, the remaining refugees will stay at churches and shelters in Tijuana, and every day they say they'll try again until it's their turn to walk up to a U.S. Customs agent and say the words, I'm seeking asylum. Near the California-Mexico border, I'm Steve Gregory, King of Fine News. All right, Steve, uh, who covers uh, the border for us and does a phenomenal job. What is the process, incidentally, of uh, someone 
uh, asking for asylum? Do they uh, are there border patrol agents, for example, on the other side of the border uh, that are tasked with dealing with that specifically? No, and actually, here's the thing, Bill, and good morning. Uh, it's not border agents, actually. It's customs officers that are specially trained to listen to claims of asylum, and they are specially trained to kind of determine whether or not an individual is truly under a credible threat. And in fact, they call it a credible threat interview. And what happens is when they're allowed to go in to the processing center or you know, the gate that you walk through, the pedestrian gate, and when you claim asylum and you sort of surrender yourself because you have no documentation, and that's sort of the first red flag of the process. You have no documents that prove that you, you can legally be transported through the country or across a border. You're taken into a room, you're interviewed, and you're processed. Now, if this specially trained officer determines that, that you are not under a credible threat of your home country, then you're immediately deported, or at least at the, uh, at the very least, you're detained until you can be deported um, the next day. If you are determined to have been under credible threat in your home country, then you go to the next level, and that's typically going into a hearing. But then you go to a detention center. And in this case here, the refugees from Central America would go to one of two detention centers in Texas, most likely. And that's where they'll wait until their hearing. Now, the average wait for an asylum hearing right now in the United States is two years. Oh, my. So they're in a detention center for two years. Correct. And that includes, and what do they, and and do the family stay together? No, and that's the thing. And here's why some of the people have peeled off. Again, it started out about a thousand strong, a little over a thousand people started this journey about a month ago. Over time, people started to peel off. And that's because either they got separated, the journey was getting too rough for them. And then at some point, about halfway through, the government of Mexico stepped in after pressure from the United States. They issued some temporary visas. Some people opted to remain in Mexico. And then as that group shrunk and got closer and closer here to the U.S.-Mexico border, the reality started to sink in because they started to get the real information about the process. And when they were told that their families would be separated, because that's the, that's the policy, you have to separate the, the wo- woman from the man because the detention centers are not set up for families, co-ed families. And also, for security reasons, they want to interview everyone separately to find out if the stories match. So when they start finding out that their families would be separated, that also scared a lot of the people, too. And some of them decided and changed their minds last minute. It's like, we don't want to go through this process. That's not what we understood this was going to be. All right, Steve, let me put you on hold. Can you hang on one more segment? Of course. Yeah, because I've got uh, more than a few questions to ask. We'll be right back with Steve at the border dealing with that caravan. All right, back we go. Steve Gregory, who is at the Mexican border covering uh, the caravan story for us. And uh, Steve, you were just describing uh, what the process is for people that are seeking asylum. And it is hard as nails. Uh, You were describing that they come to the border and they're specially trained border agents who really question them about uh, the asylum uh, claim. Uh, what do they ask, Steve? What are some of the questions that are asked of these asylum seekers? Well, you know, it's their typical questions. Where are you from? Why are you here? How many in your family? Uh, talk to me about this credible fear that you have. And, and then it's just, it's basically an examination. And, you know, everyone says, well, you have to prove that you're under a credible threat and that you have credible fear. You have to, you have to prove that somehow. 
Well, the proof is in the testimony because it's unless they bring, you know, uh, body cam footage with them of them being threatened or being attacked or something like that, which is very unlikely, um, they really have to have a convincing argument that they're under uh, a, a veil of credible fear from their home country. Now, most everyone I spoke with yesterday and that were in the group are from Honduras. And it, it was very interesting, Bill, and it's something I didn't even notice until uh, this morning when I was listening to some of the audio, that all of the answers I got when I was interviewing through interpreters yesterday, by the way, um, all of the answers I got were the same when I asked the same question, why are you coming to the United States? And, almost, and, almost, and I used three different interpreters yesterday on purpose because I wanted to see, it, you know, make sure there's no pattern of response or, or it's called interpreter for a reason because there's an interpretation of their context. So I'm asking this, but all of the answers were very similar because they've been coached along the way. And then, you know, attorneys have been meeting with them. Uh, they've had activists and advocates meeting with them over the course of the last couple of weeks, and they've been coached on how to deal with these uh, customs agents, and they've been told what to expect, and they've been prepped. So it was very interesting that all of the answers seemed very, um, I, I don't want to say rehearsed, but at the very least, they were all very similar. And well, that, was, that sounds pretty rehearsed yeah. to me. Uh, and so there are some American lawyers on the other side of the border that are also activists who I'm assuming are coaching uh, these uh, asylum seekers to say certain things uh, because, number one, they know the system. Number two, they know the basis. But the question is, if they are actually coaching people to say things to get into the country that are not let's say, exactly true, the lawyers are guilty of committing fraud on the United States. That's, that's absolutely right. And that warning came out over the weekend, another reminder from the Department of Homeland Security, because uh, they apparently have been getting intel that that has been happening, is that people are being told basically down to the word what to say, and officials know that those individuals don't know that, you know, don't know that vernacular. They don't know that that sequence of words to say. And, you know, over the weekend, some of these refugees, and, and let's let's go back for a moment. So the group starts at 1,000. It's dwindled down. And the group that showed up yesterday, we're only talking about 50 people that showed up to the pedestrian gate. There were no, you know, 200, 300 or anything like that, as some of the reports have been saying. I was standing right there. Now, I didn't count everybody individually, but I can tell you, men, women, and children, in total, there were probably 50 to 55 people there. And some of them chose not to do it. Others had already gone through the process in the last week. Some people have already gone through the pedestrian gate. Some have been turned away. Some have been already put into the system. And then there's another part of the group that tried to illegally enter the country, including a pregnant woman and a four-year-old girl. The pregnant woman climbed over one of those very sharp um, metal fences that's to the east of the San Ysidro Port of Entry. So some of them didn't even wait to go through the process. They just chose to, to enter the country illegally, prompting the government to come out with very stern warnings, not only against the attorneys and those people telling them what to say, but to those people that decided to try to enter the country illegally. Now, I'm assuming that if uh, they're all saying the same thing, uh, their credibility, of course, drops dramatically. And uh, a couple of statements I want you to comment on that the presumption is going to be against anybody claiming asylum. 
And the number of people that actually do get into the system where the border uh, control allows them in to begin the process has to be minuscule relative to the number of people who are claiming uh, that they are under persecution. Yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right. And it, here's the thing. There are, what, I think a couple hundred thousand right now that are, that are actually waiting for their hearing, and there's like another couple hundred, a couple hundred thousand or so that are actually in the system waiting for their, you know, waiting for the beat to be processed. So you've got, you know, you've got a ton of people already waiting to go through the legal process. So when people are coming in to be interviewed and they're being told what to say, you know, can you imagine being that 10th person, or that 50th person that sits down and says the exact same thing as the first person said? I mean, these customs agents are sitting there going, uh, you know, they're kind of, you know, shaking their heads at this. And how are they going to take any of this seriously when everyone's giving them the same answer? Right. And that, But that's why they're specially trained, and they know how to elicit that kind of information. All right, Steve, thank you. My pleasure. Take buddy. care. All right, and uh, just a, a quick word. Uh, as he said, 50 people. And, of course, President Trump has said uh, that that caravan, caravan signifies uh, the... Uh, the amount of, of number of people that are crawling over, getting into the border, and that's totally inundating the United States. And that is why we need a wall to protect ourselves from those 50 people who actually signify the hundreds of thousands or the millions that would come over but for the wall. Right? 